Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. As alluded to this morning as well, I get to start off our Advent series with a Chris Stingle service. And this Christmas at Birmingham Vineyard, we are looking at the gift of Christmas. So to start off, why don't you turn in clusters to those around you and answer these three questions. What is the best gift you've ever given? What is the best gift you've ever received? And what gift are you hoping to receive this year? Three, two, one, go. Okay, well, well done. Why don't you come back to me? Come back to me. And parents, you can thank me for the last question later, though I'm sure the reality is you've been hearing the answer for the last six months or so. Um, let Let me kick us off by sharing today the passage that we're going to be looking at throughout December and today. Children, children, settle down, settle down. Today we are going to be looking at Matthew 2 verses 1 to 11. So if you've got a Bible, digital or otherwise, why don't you turn to it? Now the book of Matthew was written to a Jewish audience to show how Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of the whole of the story between God and Israel between God and the Jewish nation mentioned in the Old Testament. It tells that Jesus is the Messiah, the saving one, from the line of King David, the best king in the Old Testament. And that Jesus is a new authoritative teacher. And finally, that Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. So we're going to uh, watch the video uh, of these verses and keep your Bible open because it reads from the Scriptures. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense 
and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The gifts of Christmas. Let us start by looking at the gift givers and then we'll look at the gifts themselves. The gift givers in the passage that we read look like wise men or magi. Magi from the east is what it reads in verse 1. And note that we're using the words wise men or magi, depending on your translation. We're not talking about kings here, as we traditionally might think. That was popularized by the myth, we, sorry, by the, popularized by the hymn, We Three Kings of Orientar. But the passage does actually talk about two kings, two particular kings, King Herod, the king of the local region, and a king of the nations, King Jesus. The passage only mentions king of the Jews, but when we read the whole of the Bible and we look at the larger narrative arc, we see that Jesus is elevated to be a king of every nation. The book of Matthew is all about making links back to the Old Testament, with chapter one going through the genealogy of Jesus. That's who Jesus' dad was, and who his granddad was, and his great granddad, and his great granddad, and his great granddad, and it goes on for a long time. Um, but in this chapter, we see Matthew slipping in little nuggets, linking back to those Hebrew scriptures. That's why we see the quotes from the Old Testament and reminders about the best king, King David. You see, the book of Matthew will go on to explain that King Jesus is a better king than King David ever was. And I find that hard to read in these passages because King David isn't even mentioned but I was shown that the book of Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. So they had it fresh in their minds, all of the Old Testament scriptures. They didn't need it spelt out to them. But in another account of the Christmas story, the book of Luke, that was written to those who weren't Jewish, like me. So it spells it out a little bit more obviously. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says it like this. Today in the town of David, that is Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke's just helping us readers who, who don't understand it. He's making life a little bit easier to us. Now, um, children, I have these uh, two crowns here, and I was wondering if you would pass them along the aisles and amongst yourselves from the front all the way to back. And as you do, have that chance to hold it and pause and think about what does it mean to be the best king? Rowan, would you start this side and pass it along? And Grace, would you start this side and pass it along? Thank you. I hate glitter. Back to uh, the book of Matthew. Um, back to the passage here in Matthew. As we see from the wise men, it says that they were from the east. They were from lands that were not within Israel. They were not culturally Jewish. But they, these scholars had been observant enough to really recognize the signs of the Messiah, that's uh, the Hebrew word, or Christ, which is the Greek word. They both mean the same thing. They both mean the saving one. These scholar, uh, wise men had been observant enough to recognize that the Messiah was being born. They were observant enough to see God through the study of Scripture and observant enough to see him through the beauty of nature. They came to the logical conclusion that the king of a nation was being born. And from this, 
they were compelled from within to worship him. If you are not from this culture, if you are not from this denomination, if you do not follow Jesus, then may I encourage you to continue to explore, ask questions and look for God. Because as the wise men are proof, you will find a king. The message of Jesus is for everyone. And the picture painted at the end of the Bible has every tribe and peoples and language worshipping King Jesus. So you are welcome in this church and you are welcome in God's presence. If you describe yourself as Christian or not, there is a neon sign in the sky pointing towards Jesus, a star of wonder. Like the wise men, though, will you come and investigate? We're going to read the Bible passage again. Oh, you know, watch another video. I just it does all the preaching for me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but as we watch this video, interrogate the text. Read along with it. Come and see what the passage has to say about Jesus. And for those of us who are smaller in the room, I've got three things that I'd like you to look out for. I was wondering if you could look out for the number of wise men in the video. And two, can you count the number of gifts given in the video? And three, can you count the number of beards seen in the video? Okay. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in a region where the evil King Herod ruled. About the time of Jesus' birth, some wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking King Herod, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was angered by what he heard. A king other than himself? In his own land? Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, are one of the smallest towns in Judah, but from you will come one who will rule Israel for me. He comes from very old times, from days long ago. Then King Herod called the wise men back in for a private meeting. He told the wise men, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can worship him too. After listening to the king, the wise men left to follow the star. They arrived at the place where Jesus was, and going into the house they found the promised child and his mother Mary. They gave him offerings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and were so overjoyed at the fulfillment of God's promise, that they bowed before Jesus and worshipped him. That night in a dream, the wise men were warned about returning to King Herod. He was plotting to kill Jesus. When they awoke, they departed and traveled back to their home country a different way. So the important question, how many beards did you see in the video? Somebody shout out for me what your answers. 13, 15, 16. Yeah, I've got 16, but I will admit it is dubious as to how much facial hair counts as a beard. That's for sure. But, um, okay, so the other questions I asked were, how many wise men did we see in the video? Somebody shout out the answers to me. Three. Three. 
But when we read the text, how many wise men are mentioned? Well, in fact, it's not even mentioned. Hold on to that thought. My final question was this. How many gifts were given? Somebody shout out the answer again. Three gifts. Three gifts. And that's right. And that is why we traditionally think of three wise men, because of three gifts. But the likelihood is there were more people traveling with them. A big group with many aides and helpers to aid them along their long journey together. And they would travel together in a large troop of camels, known as a caravan of camels, or a Volkswagen dromedary camel van. A camel camper van. Is, I've been watching a lot of Richard Osman recently. It's a word smash between camel and camper van. It's a camper van. You see that the passage states very clearly why the wise men came, though. Verse 2 says it like this. And they asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star, a neon sign in the sky, as it rose. And we have come to worship him. And our image of three wise men comes from how they worshipped. Verse 11 says like this. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, having looked at the gift givers, those who are seeking, investigating, and searching out for Jesus, we come to the gifts they gave as acts of worship. Now, linking back to my first question, has anybody ever received gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the bottom of their stocking? Or maybe as a hamper gift basket underneath the Christmas tree? Um, Or equally, has anybody ever given gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Maybe as individual elements, you know, a pair of earrings or some smelly stuff for the bathroom. But we don't tend to give these gifts because they're not for daily use for us. The things that we have to give as daily use are phones for daily use, or a hairdryer for daily use, sports equipment for daily use, clothes for daily use, a teddy bear for daily use, cash for daily use. But Audi doesn't accept gold bars and aromatic resin in exchange for cauliflowers. Look, quick aside, if you want to give a gift for daily use that people in our city can use this Christmas, then may I point you towards Birmingham Vineyard's Christmas hamper gift bag giveaway. We want you to grab a bag, fill a bag, and give a bag full of Christmas treats that the receiving family will have and allow them to have a pucker Christmas dinner on us. Next week is your last chance to give a bag. So this week, grab a bag, fill a bag, and bring it back next week so that we can give a bag away to, through our partner agencies to people in this city. Right, aside, aside, Back to the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These different gifts were given to Jesus, not for daily use, but for different times in his life, for different seasons of his life, as different symbols of his life. We have gold for his kingship, frankincense for his holiness, and myrrh for his death. In the following weeks, we are going to explore what these gifts mean as we look at the gifts of Christmas. You see, these wise men gave gifts to Jesus, but the passage also alludes to a gift that was given to us as well. Illuminated by a star, the book of Matthew reveals to us 
Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God's gift to us. Now, some of you might have seen me do some sign language there, and I'd like to teach you those signs so that in the next passage that I read, you can sign along with me and join in together. So if you know your sign language alphabet, you'll know that two fists on top of each other is the letter G. But for gold, we're going to start with this, and then we're going to explode out in like a sparkling sprinkleness. So this is gold. Can you copy me? Wonderful. And gold relates to kingship. Kingship is like a little crown on the side of your head. And you just tilt it ever so slightly, like you're tilting your hat. So we've got gold and kingship linking together. Then we've got frankincense. Frankincense, again, we start with the letter F, which are two fingers on top of each other, tapped. And then we're going to bring it like a smell from the palm of our hand up to our nose, a really sweet one. So that's frankincense. And frankincense is linked to holiness. Holiness, we have a closed fist and it circles around the palm of our hand and it lands in the center. So frankincense is linked with holiness. And finally, we have myrrh. Myrrh is the letter M, which is three fingers on the palm of our hand. Um, But we're going to rub it in like it's a cream or a balm. So this is myrrh. And finally, we have death, which is two fingers and they just come straight down. So just run through them again. We've got gold and explosion from our hands. We have oh, gold for the king. Thank you. I see some of you very much on top of it. Uh, we have frankincense, which is wafting from the palm of our hand. And that's for holiness. We have myrrh, and, uh, which is related to death. Okay, so as I speak along this next bit, why don't you sign along with me? Jesus, the Son of God, came to live as a human. Starting out as a baby in arms, he grew up and lived a holy life, perfect in accordance to God. This was symbolized by the gift of frankincense. Jesus' actions and teaching said, repent, that means turn around for the kingdom of God is near and I am the king you need to keep on the throne. This was symbolized by the gift of gold. But Jesus said, my kingdom is an upside down kingdom where we serve those who have the least and help out those who have little. Jesus showed this through the greatest act of dying on the cross as a perfect sacrifice to our sin so that we may be holy and have a forever friendship with God. This is symbolized by the gift of myrrh. But the good news is that Jesus did not remain dead In fact, he rose three days later, again, showing that he is the only holy king, Messiah, the saving one. And although the wise men gave gifts to Jesus, God gives a better gift to us, the gift of Jesus. Jesus, who in turn gives a gift of eternal life, a forever friendship with God. Well, excellent signing, especially those down at the front. A little more work needed from them at the back to get the A star that we're after here, guys. And actually, has the crowns, have the crowns made its way to the back? Has everyone had the opportunity to think about what does it mean to be the best king? We notice from the passage that the wise men went searching for a king. The best king, the king of a nation, and they found King Jesus. Have you found King Jesus today. In light of the passage, I've got some questions as a response for you. How will you worship King Jesus? 
Is your worship to accept the gift of Jesus or to give a gift to Jesus? If you're choosing to accept the gift of Jesus, then pause in this next moment to ask Jesus to come and be king of your life. And once you've done that, turn to those around you, chat to them, have a little conversation about why you've done that, what that means for you. They would love to ask more and explore that with you. Option two for what you can do in this next moment is you can give a gift to Jesus. And then in this next moment, when those who are pausing to accept the gift of Jesus, we want you to turn to those around you and chat and discuss what gift would you give to King Jesus and why? So the two options are accepting the gift of Jesus or giving the gift of Jesus. And in all of your conversations, invite God into them. Okay, you know the task. Three, two, one. be Christmas if there wasn't some Christmas cracker jokes. So to get us started in Act 2, and very aptly today it has handily snowed for me, because all my jokes are about snowmen. So I'm going to say, Joe, you just shout out the answer to me. What do snowmen eat for breakfast? Snowflakes. Snowflakes with milk. Well done. Well, let's dial it back a bit in time. What did the snowman make for the Great British Bake Off final? Oh, Snowstopper's a good one. It's, it's not what I've got on the piece of paper, but um, any other guesses? Any other guesses? Ice crispy cakes. Oh, okay. Let me dial it back even further. What did the snowman eat at Halloween? No, no ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, okay. One last one. Dial it back even further. The snowman is, is out there uh, in the summer. What did a snowman eat at the barbecue? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was nothing he's dead from the front. It's quite a morbid one, but I guess it's uh, true. Um, <laughs> again, Taylor, not the answer I've got on the piece of paper. <laughs> Icebergers. Icebergs. Burgers. Berg burgers. Okay. I'll leave the jokes there because now's the bit where we get to stab each other with the sticks, burn down the building, and rub orange juice out of our eyes. Happy Christmas, everybody. It's Christingle time. <laughs> now, uh, we've got Christingles on the side of there. So if, like we do with communion, if somebody from the end of your row wants to grab a Christingle set and sort of hand them out, pass them along the rows. And as they do that, I must stress, do not make your Christingle right now. Furthermore, do not make your Christingle as we go along. I know it will be tempting. I know what you are like. I work with youth. They are the worst at it. Don't make your Christingles now because you're going to need each individual element as we're going to be praying over them. We, you will have time at the very end to make your Christingle. But in the here and now, do not make your Christingle. Okay, well, did you know that Christingles dates all the way back to 1747. It was when a pastor tried to engage the children with Christmas. And I'd like to know how he did it because craft activities are messy and they're distracting. And I can see some of you opening your bags already, looking at those sweets and thinking, they'll look lovely in my tummy. But Chris Stingles are symbolic. They use lots of similes and metaphors. The upgrade from Meta 3s one for the adults in the room. 
But children, we learn about similes and metaphors at school, don't we? They help us describe things. They help us make lots of comparisons because this morning is going to be all about comparisons and helping us describe things in different ways to connect with Jesus. Because out of context, Christingles are pretty weird. Now remember this year we are looking at the gifts of Christmas. So listen up for those gift words, children. Listen up for those gift words as we talk through the Christingle and see if you can work out how they relate to the gift of Christmas. Okay, you may open your bags, and I want you to draw out from your bags the orange. Okay, who knows what the orange represents? Somebody shout it out for me. It's the world. Thank you. It's on the screen. It's almost like I prepared this already, eh? Now, the world. The world which God gave to humankind as a gift to be stewarded and to help flourish. I wonder, have you ever been given a precious gift to look after? Maybe a plant to grow or a pet to care for or a child to grow and care for. Whilst holding your orange, pause in the here and now to think about the responsibilities you have in your life and ask God to help you with them. Now, children, we've done this before. When you chat to God, you can either chat to him in your head or you can whisper it into your hands. Some of the adults haven't done it, so you might need to show them. But that's how we can have a conversation with God. So pause in the here and now, holding this orange. Think about your responsibilities and ask God to help you with them. Next thing that we're going to get out from our bag is the ribbon. What does the ribbon symbolize? Somebody shout it out again for me. The blood of Jesus, that's right. The blood that was given as a gift so that we may have a forever friendship with God. Think about your friendships. Do you ever consider them to be a gift? Whilst holding the ribbon, just the ribbon, pause in the here and now to think about your friendships. Thank God for the people that, have been, that you get to call friends and ask God to help you be better friends with them. Equally, are you friends with God? Pause in the here and now to thank God that Jesus came so that you may have a forever friendship with him. Now, the next thing that you can get out of your bag are the cocktail sticks and the sweets. But why? What do these symbolize? Does anybody know what these symbolize? That's correct. The cocktail sticks are the four seasons, hot, cold, rainy, and wet. I mean, no, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. That's the one instead. And what do the sweets represent? 
the gifts of God in each season. I think that you've read my talk, haven't you? In different, in our life, we have different stages or different seasons that we go through. Each season of our life demands something different of ourselves, and there are different gifts to be given and received during these times in our lives. For example, to our friend who's got a new job, we don't give a dozen red roses, or equally to our Valentine, we don't give a thumbs up card saying, well done. The Bible passage, we, in the Bible passage, we heard about the different gifts Jesus was given. These gifts were given for different times in his life, for different seasons of his life. Remember, we had gold for his kingship, frankincense uh, for his holiness, and myrrh for his death. Whilst carefully holding your cocktail sticks and sweets. Pause in the here and now to consider the different seasons you have gone through. Think about what school is like or what family life is like. What challenges are you going through or what successes are you living off the back of? Remember that we can whisper into our hands or we can speak in our heads. Pause in the here and now. What, is the different se- what are the different seasons of life you have gone through and are in now? Thank God for his good gifts that he gives to you. Finally, you can reach into your bag and you can get out the candle that we will place on top of our Christingle. This candle represents Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus is a light in the darkness and the darkness cannot put it out. Jesus is our Christmas gift. Whilst holding the candle, pause in the here and now to tell God what you are hoping for this Christmas. And staying paused, why don't you consider holding out your hands to receive the gift of Jesus this Christmas? Well, we have gone through all of the elements of the Christingle. So now, now you may construct your Christingle. Go ahead and make it. Well, well done. Why don't you hold up your Christingles if you've managed to construct one? Oh, excellent, excellent work. They look wonderful. Good making, everybody. Now, we are not going to light our Christingles this morning, not because we don't want to burn the building down, but because we want to take these home and share them in our community. We want to share God with our neighbors and take the light of Jesus outside of this building. Would you mind standing with us if you can as we come to sing our final song? I'll just pray for us uh, as we step into it. Lord Jesus, you are a gift from God that came into the world for the whole world. You are a king of all the nations. You came to bring hope throughout the different seasons of our life and assurance of a life to come. Thank you.
for your death, that means we can have a forever friendship with you, God. And please accept these Christingles as a sign of our worship to you, King Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.